This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotatonetwork.com. In a world without a single unified voice, humanity has been left searching for answers to the unknown. Now, one podcast has the power to change that and to spread its voice across the earth for all mankind to hear. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. We've got you covered with everything from Marvel to Star Wars. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Classic films, trivia games, and beyond. Come to the coast, we get together, have a few laughs. Now, on with the show. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray and I'm not sure if I inserted this UV light in the right place. <laughs> Sitting across the virtual table from me is Rick. How are you, sir? I, I, I have nothing to follow that way. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got Scott. How's it going, sir? <sighs> Sorry, that that was visual only. Uh, <laughs> so for everyone who's just listening, I and we've got uh, Virginia. How's it going? Yeah, it's going. It's going. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all reached that point of peak. Uh, on we <laughs> and uh, joining us once again. I think this is the Tom. This is the first time you've been on this show. You were on the the Star Trek show last time, right? Yes. Okay, so Tom Madison's with us. How's it going? It's doing great. All right, so this week we're going to do a news and reviews episode. So we're going to talk about some of the things that's been happening over the last couple of weeks. We're going to talk about things that we've been watching while we've been quarantined. John is with us on uh, fa- on Facebook Live. He's not, uh, he's not in the historic Cosmic Potato Studio just yet. He's waiting for his laptop to charge <laughs> and he'll be with us then so um all right so i wanted to talk about something um that i've been thinking about for the last couple of days so since the coronavirus pandemic uh started we've seen some things happening in entertainment that i've never witnessed before so uh you've got movie all the movie theaters are closed right now and you've got these huge businesses that are used to making hundreds of thousands of dollars every month and they're shuttered right now. And then when they reopen, they're probably going to be forced to be at like 50% capacity or whatever for the next several months, maybe even up to a year or more. Um, and at the same time, you've got Hollywood at a standstill. They got movies that they've already made that they can't put out because they, nobody can go watch them. And they've got movies that they've been working on that they've had to stop production on because of the pandemic and all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to kind of talk for a few minutes about what is the movie business look like after this? Uh, 
we, we've seen a lot of movies that were set to be in the theaters that uh, that they've already released on demand. Uh, we've got more coming. You know, the animated Scooby-Doo movie that was set to come out, uh, Scoob. It's, a, it's like a pup named Scooby-Doo, but like, you know, computer animation. But it's uh, it's coming out on demand instead of going to theaters. And there's probably going to be more like that. So, do, do you think that this could possibly be the beginning of a shift toward a different way that we watch movies in the future. I mean, I can't, I can't see movie theaters going away because people are still going to want to go to the movies to see star Wars movies and Marvel movies and things like that. But do you think more and more production companies are going to shift towards, Hey, let's just put it out on demand and let people watch it there, you know, and, 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 and that kind of thing. What do you guys think? Uh, Rick, what do you, what do you think? I would be surprised if it happened. Um, I, I think that, you know, I kind of thought that at first that that might happen, but uh, I've since seen some articles by people in the industry who are saying, don't, don't hold your breath on that one. Uh, I think a lot's going to, you know, like, like um, I think maybe it was, it was Captain Game Show. I know I heard John talking about it on, on some show recently about, uh, you know, and I've said it too. Um, I'm not going to pay 20 bucks to watch a movie online. And I know that the, the rationalization for that is you'll pay that much if you go to the cinemas anyway, but actually I won't. Uh, you know, my wife and I will go to the local, uh, you know, $5 cinema and draft house and we'll see first run movies for 10 bucks and get something to eat at the same time. I'm not going to drop 20, 25 bucks on a movie that I'm not buying uh, to watch it on the small screen. Um, unless the, uh, you know, unless Hollywood, you know, as an entity, uh, is going to seriously change the way they, they are pricing things. Um, I don't, I don't see this being more than a temporary, uh, just for the duration. Also, a lot of, uh, you know, movie companies have long running deals with cinema chains, and so that's not going to go away just because, you know, of a, of a, you know, a, a six month shutdown or whatever this ends up being. Um, so I, I don't, it, it may open the door a little bit. We may see a bit more, but I don't see a major paradigm shift coming out of this. I think a lot of it depends on what happens after things open back up, because if, if things open back up and then there's another spike in infections, and they have to start shutting stuff down again. That may that may shift things because that that may turn this this uh, this thing that we're looking at is like a six or eight month or a year thing. It may be more like a two year thing. As far not as you know, we're shut down in our houses for two years or something. But as far as a lot of businesses not being able to be open, and m- many of those theaters, not the big chains, not AMC, but some of the smaller theaters are not going to be able to survive that. Yeah, this may kill the small theaters. Yeah, uh, but you know they've been hanging on by their toenails for years anyway. Yeah, not not that I'm saying it's a good thing that they'll go away. I'm just saying that they're the ones that are going to suffer from this. The big chains are, you know, they've got ironclad contracts. They're going to be fine. Right, Tom. What do you think? Yeah, I think the, I, I, I sorry, I don't think theaters are going to go away. Just I mean, there's the appeal, there's that experience, and. You know the overpriced concessions and all that, so you're yeah. you're going to keep going with that. Um, 
I know here in my, I, I'm in a really small town. We have one, like seven theater, seven screen theater. They were already, the chain was in bankruptcy and they announced that, no, they, they not even going to reopen after the quarantine. They're closed for good. This really put the nail in their coffin. Um, yeah, I, just, I can't see the whole thing shutting down or anything, but. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think that theaters are just going to be gone, but I I wonder if more and more of the production companies are going to look at an on-demand format rather than putting stuff in the theaters. Some of the smaller movies, maybe. Definitely not Marvel, definitely not Star Wars, anything big like that, because there's there are certain movies that you want to see on a big screen with surround sound and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think that's going to go away. Yeah, and I do think it's going to give that opportunity for those smaller films. It's opening up a um, you know a market area that may not have gotten a lot of attention in that direct to video. I mean, before the uh, you know video on demand or something that was you know like the sequels to some of the Disney movies that you know yeah. very quietly slide out on video cassette and. You know, you don't even know that they're there. I think that market's going to get a lot more attention and get um, a lot more eyes on it. And so that's certainly going to help in those those small production studios. John says, I think both uh, more opportunity for indie films, but there will be a resurgence when folks can leave the house again. They'll go see stuff just because they get to leave the house. And I think that's true. But like I said, a lot of the th- theaters are going to be forced to be at like 50% capacity for the, the foreseeable future. So if a theater is able to seat 500 people, but they're only allowed to sell 250 tickets, are they going to raise the price of those tickets? Which is going to make me not want to go to the movies. Cause I'm already have out when I go to the movies, I already spend too much. And if they raise the price from $12 and then all of a sudden it's $16 because they can't sell as many tickets, then they're not going to be selling those tickets because a lot of people are not going to go. Virginia, what do you think? Um, I think I think a lot of it is going to depend on not just when the when the quarantine lifts, but when social distancing ends. Because on one side, like y'all are saying, you know, the theaters are you know going to be operating at fifty percent capacity is going to be kind of iffy on that end. But also in maintaining social distancing, the people who are working on the movies themselves are kind of doing it piecemeal and as they can work from home. So there may not even be as many movies coming out yeah. to like satisfy the demand. If we have like another spike in cases or deaths and that's going to people are probably just going to lock down and please give me movies, anything to watch. And that may affect what's going to happen. But I can I can think of a number of smaller and indie movie houses around here that they won't they won't survive. It'll just be the big chains that have like the big money behind them. That's but, interesting. I, I, I hadn't Shane thought about that. Were, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Shane and I were actually talking about something you just said earlier, where um, you know people will still want. Or like, I will still want to go see like a Star Wars movie and have that experience of the big screen and the, you know, surround sound until I can have surround sound in my house. I'm always going to want to go to the movie theater. That's basically it. Yeah. yeah. And unless, until I can get a 300 inch TV in my, in my right. house, you know, 
but that's interesting. Something that you said made me think when the theaters open up. Yeah, they've got a lot of movies that they've had to push back because of the pandemic and everything, but they've also stopped production. So there's going to be a big gap where there's not any movies to put out. So they may have to, I don't know, they may have to release, like re-release stuff that's already been out or, you know, uh, do a lot more of the, uh, like the live events that they, like like when we saw Deep Space Nine, uh, the Deep Space Nine documentary, they may have to do more of those or something like that just to get people to come to the theater. Scott? Um, well, to, to address that point real quick before moving on to the rest, I think that uh, my time working at a video store uh, way back in the late 90s, uh, if, if it taught me one thing, it's that the, the direct-to-video market uh, had a lot to teach us about the amount of movies that studios will make and then never release. Yeah, because then you would yeah. see them pop up later as like, oh wait, what's this? Uh, Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey have both released movies that are doing well in the theaters. Well, time to find out if they even remember making Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a joke. That's actually a movie. And what do you know? It showed up on video right when they were you know making some big splashes with uh, I think Jerry Maguire. Uh, was was her movie. I don't know what McConaughey had done recently, but they were big, and then all of a sudden, bang, here's this horrible movie with the both of them in it that no one knew was there until the studio decided to drop it. I think they'll probably start dusting off some movies that they've made and they've just put on a shelf. Uh, when they when they hit this gap, when they've run out of new stuff to put out, they're going to dust off some old stuff and throw it in there. Yeah, I wouldn't even have thought of that. That's a good point. Um, as far as how things are going to shift in regards to uh, theaters versus uh, watching at home. It, there's, there's no way to know what the, what the details are going to be, what it's exactly going to look like. Um, you know, will theaters increase their prices? Uh, how long will they uh, cut down on the number of people that they can seat in the theater? Will this lead to them uh, changing the, uh, <laughs> Will this lead to them changing the layout of their seating uh, so it's uh, permanently a l- lower capacity with more space? Um, but whatever it ends up looking like, it is going to change. And we've all known, th- those of us who have been uh, paying attention to the industry and uh, the the rise of streaming and the apparent increase in the desire for people to watch from home when possible... Uh, save for the uh, big event movies and whatnot. Uh, we've known that it was eventually going to change. We just didn't know when it was going to happen. Now we know when it's going to start, and that's right now. Yeah. Uh, with releasing films to uh, uh, streaming early, either cutting short or skipping their theatrical release entirely and put movies out so people can see them at home, that's showing us that they've been able to do it for a while, and they've chosen not to. Uh, and you're seeing that in, in a lot of industries. Uh, for example, uh, my internet service provider, because of the increase in people working from home, they are offering unlimited data to all internet customers. Hmm. So you could have done this at any time. You've just been charging us money for it this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. yeah. Uh, and, and that's you know by far not the only example, but we're seeing that all over the place of things that, that – large companies and corporations and providers are doing 
during this uh, quarantine time. Here's something to make your life easier. So, you know, this would have made my life easier before the quarantine also, you know. Yeah. And when the quarantine's over, it will still make my life easier. So are they going to stop doing these nice things right. once we're allowed to go outside? And theaters and movie companies, it's all the same. We'll find out, you know, how how close to normal are they going to try to go back to yeah. when, when uh, we're able to go outside again? Who knows? Um, but it's this is definitely going to lead to a change. This is the catalyst that will... Send, send us down the path towards uh, more films being more accessible from home uh, with theaters being, you know, if, if you want to do it fancy, like if you want to treat yourself, you go see it on the big screen with surround sound. Um, but if you don't feel like going out to the theater, if you don't feel like spending that money, then there will be a way for you to get it at home uh, 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 more easily. And, we'll still find a way to get that money to someplace that can profit from it, which will then go on to the studios. Jacob says that he thinks they're going to do both. Uh, John also said, now John doesn't want me uh, reading his stuff anymore. He wants Tom to do it. So Tom, you go ahead and read what John wrote. Well, he would say basically the same thing that Scott was right at the same time. So, <laughs> That's the benefit of having a camera right there on your face. Because yeah. <laughs> he had nominated me to be his voice, and all of a sudden he says, Tom, I nominate you to be my voice. Okay, fine then, Mr. Irons, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so Shane says uh, there's there's something magical about watching a movie in a theater packed with fans. That's true. But I think I was making a comment yesterday that um, I think one thing that this coronavirus – uh, I took too long because I have other people to give their comments and I have to give my comments too, Mr. John Irons. But, um, <laughs> I, I think, I think that John was banking on Tom being more willing to interrupt his own brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that one thing that this, uh, whole pandemic is, is doing is uh, turning me into more of a germaphobe. So, <laughs> And I think there's going to be a lot more people like me that are not going to want to be in a crowded place for a while. I'm definitely not going to want to be elbow to elbow. I already don't like being in a theater elbow to elbow with people I don't know. Um, but this is going to make me more likely to not go to a movie on release weekend, you know, when it's going to be the most crowded. I'll wait and go on a Tuesday afternoon or something like that, you know. Uh, yeah, so, I, I would try to do that anyway because I, I don't like the crowds. I don't like the noise. I don't like the people being uh, disrespectful in the theater. Yeah, I just avoid all that mess because I, if I can't get a guarantee that people are going to show up, sit down, shut up, and watch the movie. Yeah, then then I, I don't like going. I and mean, there's there's people talking. Um, I I can't remember what movie it was, but I know I was there with. Um, uh, my my wife and her son at the time, and I had to lean over I think twice during the movie and tell the girl sitting on the other side of me, "Your phone is really distracting. If you're going to have it out and use it, then get out." Yeah, I yeah. don't have to say that when I'm home. Yeah, true, true. And you also don't have to get up and move your feet so people can get out to go to the bathroom and stuff like that. that less of an issue around here these days because of the local celebration cinema. Uh, the wide, re- see, yeah, the wide. Yeah, they they uh, remodeled all their theaters. There's so much leg room. It's amazing. Yeah, we finally got a couple of 
theaters that are like that here, but uh, there's only a couple. But Jacob says I think that there's people who go to the movies and people who uh, people who go to the movies and people don't at all and people that don't at all like us, but will pay to see something before it hits streaming services in six months. So I wouldn't be surprised if they release a lot of stuff simultaneously in theaters and online. And I'll admit, I did uh, I did pay the, the 20 bucks to watch The Invisible Man just because I like the novelty of, hey, this is this was in theaters last week, and now I can watch it right here. The only thing that's going to stop them from doing that is that once they once they release an HD version on demand like that, it's on all the pirate sites, <laughs> you know. So you can uh, basically get it for free if you want it. I, I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> releasing what? on video doesn't change that at all. I mean, you know, as soon as a movie comes out, some asshole is is camcordering it in Korea and it's out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to watch those. Uh, those are terrible. I've watched those before. Those are awful. <laughs> Go ahead, Virginia. Uh, do y'all think this will affect the kids' movie market at all? Like, what parents want to wrangle their three germ factories to go to a crowded movie theater? Like, do you think that parents will be more likely to get stuff like The Incredibles or frozen 387 or whatever <laughs> streaming in their house so they don't have to worry about just the health risk of their children of going out i can answer that yes hell yes <laughs> oh yeah yeah i heard yeah. somebody else I, talking I think my about sisters the... would be on board with that too yeah i, I heard I, I it seems like i saw an article or something this week that said that they think that there's going to be less and less kids movies coming out in theaters for the next couple of years at least I'm supposed to interrupt you and say that John says, I wonder if theaters will start offering perks like private screenings or little rooms or free masks and gloves with tickets or something. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if some theaters start offering like viewing rooms with like a plexiglass or something like that. You can pay extra to be separate or something like that. There are theaters that have little rooms like that and it's not a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can get the little bubble for like I, I saw them for uh, kids soccer games. So it, when it's raining or snowing, you know we get that up here. You you can have the little plastic bubble to sit in. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we need to move that into the theaters. Yeah, I didn't notice my shirt has a delta on the sleeve. That's cool. That's the first thing I noticed. That's awesome. I, well, I'm always wearing the thing. I'm not looking at it. So <laughs> my wife got me this shirt for Father's Day. Not Father's Day. Whoops. John says he would have taken that option before no. the pandemic. Right, but yeah, okay. So, in other news, and uh, getting into some like movie news, the director of the director of Godzilla, King of the Monsters, uh, Michael Doherty. You know, Rick, when you were talking about, you went to see King of the Monsters, right, in theaters. I, did. I loved it. Yeah, and you said one one thing I remember you saying is that. Uh, you wish that there had not been any people in it and it was all monsters. <laughs> not, not quite, but I said they spent a little too much time on the people in the film. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the sentiment is similar, yeah. I think that that and like the, the Aliens versus Predators movies that they did, they spent too much time trying to make us give a shit about the, the people in the movie and I just want to see monsters fighting monsters or aliens fighting predators and i don't care about the human interest of the movie that's not why i'm there yeah the the, the biggest mistake of the first alien versus predator was to make the the main character neither one yeah <laughs> well he says that uh he wants to make a movie that's kind of like godzilla bc and it's like uh 
it takes place in prehistoric times and it's nothing but the monsters. There's no people in it. So that may be his, that after, cool. after the Godzilla versus King Kong movie comes out, that might be his next project. I don't know. So would that be like the first ten minutes of the Star Wars holiday special with just no <laughs> intelligible dialogue? Just, <laughs> just Wookiees at each other, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're I think you're uh the first ten minutes is uh being optimistic. I think it was more like the first twenty five minutes. <laughs> yes. Yes it was. Uh John says that's genius. Trying to <laughs> trying to put his his uh, comment up there on the screen. So, okay. And uh, in other news, Kevin Smith is finally getting back to what works for him because I joked last summer when they first announced that the Jay and Silent Bob reboot was coming out that his plan was to not release it like in a traditional sense of just putting the movie out and you just go watch it. He was doing a road show. And Virginia, you went to that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he actually made more money on the road show <laughs> than he would have made if he just put the movie out. Um, so I guess he knew what he was doing after all. So I've, I've been listening to he's He's got a podcast called Fat Man on Batman. No, it's called Fat Man Beyond. Fat Man Beyond. Yeah, now. he changed it. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he's been making more money that way. And he finally announced uh, he's making Clerks 3. <laughs> And he's, he's you know, like he, 10 years now. well, he announced what happened was he announced Clerks three a long time ago. I remember it was it was it was way back because at that time Stan Lee was supposed to be in the movie, and now Stan Lee's gone, so obviously that's not going to happen. But um, the reason it didn't get made was because Jeff Anderson is that his name, the guy yes. that played uh, uh, Randall, Randall? Mm-hmm. yeah. He didn't want to do it. He just backed out. So, and I don't know what the reason was for that. He just was not wanting to play Randall anymore. I'm, I'm, it might have something to do with the fact that he's not an actor. <laughs> True. He, uh, so he, he backed out. So Kevin Smith was just like, well, I'm not going to recast Randall, you know, and, uh, so he just didn't make the movie. Well, in the last couple of years, Jeff Anderson has turned around and said, okay, I'll make the movie. So now, so now, but it's a different movie than it was going to be. He's like rewritten the whole, the whole thing. Uh, but now he's announced that he's going to make mall rats too. And mall rats was supposed to be turned into a TV series for a while that fell through. Now he's making mall rats too, but he's making it, uh, he's been tweeting about it. It's going to be called twilight of the mall rats. And, it's supposed to have the backdrop of the pandemic. It's supposed to take place like now, like during this pandemic, and uh, and I guess be about a ma- be about a mall that's been shuttered and no- there's no customers or or whatever you know. So, uh, but he claims that he's written parts for all of the original cast. But sorry, jo- John is getting totally uh, uh, auto corrected. Are there still moles, mills, malls? And just reading those makes me really hope that they find a, a role for Richard Mall. <laughs> Is he still alive? <laughs> no, he passed away a few years ago, didn't he? No, no way. No. Google that. Don't, yeah, don't, say, don't Google. take our bowl. Somebody Google our bowl. that. I, I really he's, hope I'm wrong about that. He's but. probably voice acting, if, I'm, if I had to guess. Uh, but anyway, as far as 
the original cast. You know, Shannon Doherty's dealing with cancer right now. I don't think she's up for like acting. So I don't think he's going to have the entire original cast come back, even though he claims he's written parts for all of them. So, uh, well, he might, he might do something. I don't know. I don't know if we talked about it on here or if he was talking about it during the road show, but like they couldn't get Matt. They wanted to get Matt Damon for Jane Silent Bob reboot. They couldn't get him. There were too many conflicts. Couldn't get him at the last minute. They had shot everything. Matt Damon's like, Hey man, I'm available. So they did this total like non sequitur scene that didn't make any sense, but it was just right in the middle of the movie and it was hilarious. So I wonder if, Shannon Doherty's not available to do the full-fledged movie if they'd be like, here's just this random scene with her. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, yeah. moving on. It's kind of what they did when they, they did this uh, 90210 series that came out last year, and she wasn't in it, but they they did a scene where she was, like, Skyping in or something like that just so they could say that she was in it or whatever. All right, John, that's pun-worthy. Richard Mole dead. That's bull. <laughs> and confirmed. I get it. He's alive. He is alive. Okay. Um, so, one other news story that I've had before we start talking about stuff that we've been watching is that uh, Vin Diesel let it slip in an interview that the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be in the Thor Love and Thunder movie, uh, which I kind of figured they would be just based off of what we saw at the end of Endgame. But I think it's funny that he just kind of pulled a Tom Holland and, <laughs> and told everybody. But um, there's that, and then there's that also... Wouldn't have, that wouldn't have stayed secret, uh, at least through the through the trailer phase. Yeah, yeah, they would have been in the trailer, but uh, he, he, he said that he's had a conversation with... They haven't started filming the movie yet. And um, he he said that uh, James he had a conversation with James Gunn about Groot, at least Groot being in the movie, which I'm assuming if Groot is in the movie, then the rest of them will be too. But, um, he also, also James Gunn shot down a fan theory about Guardians of the Galaxy that, uh, what'd you say? said he shot down James Gunn. James James Gunn (laughs) shot down. There you go. Uh, he said, "Yeah, you know, there's a fan theory going around that Mantis would be able to restore all of Gamora's memories." And he says, "No, that's not true. M- Mantis can project emotions, but not thoughts." So they were kind of thinking that Mantis would just Vulcan mind meld with uh, Gamora and turn her back into the Gamora that we all know from the other two movies or whatever. She hasn't lost any memories. They just haven't happened for her. Yeah, she's, yeah, a, it's, she's a different it's, character. It's a different Gamora. She didn't lose memories. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I think whoever came up with that fan theory watched uh, the uh, the end of and the follow-up to Crisis uh, one too many times. Because that's exactly what they did in Crisis on Infinite Earths to fix the, the Arrowverse is... They said they decided, hey, you know what, Martian Manhunter, he remembers everything. And all he has to do is touch your face or do one of these and look at you. And now you remember everything, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Scott, I thought you were going to say that Mantis was you know, a big fan of Vulcan culture and taught herself. My <laughs> Take care of that. <laughs> all right. Uh, 
that was... there, there is one piece of news I'd like to bring up before we move on. Because, okay. Yeah, you, you reminded me when you were talking about Quirks. Um, now, we haven't heard a solid confirmation on this, but, you know, Variety reported on it. So that's about as, as close as you can get to uh, a, a studio announcement. But uh, it's a strong probability that Rosario Dawson will be playing Ahsoka Tano on The Mandalorian next season which I am just over the freaking clouds about. Because I love Rosario Dawson, and Ahsoka Tano is one of the few characters that I really like from the Clone Wars stuff, uh, and, you know, the whole prequel universe of Star Wars. And so her showing up as Ahsoka Tano in, in Mandalorian has me just giddy. Do we know when the next season is coming out? Like we know when anything's coming out right yeah, now. Yeah, they haven't Good even point. started filming it yet, as far as I know. So it's going to be a while. Um, yeah, I mean, and Twitter kind of attacked her, you know, over some allegations, but none of those allegations have been proven. Yeah, and so far it's only been one person story that it even happened. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into it, but you know, there that is out there. They're just. I, I look. I don't remember what exactly it was. I know I looked into it, and it was shaky at best. Yeah. Whether whatever the allegations were, or so. I love Rosario Dawson. I love her work. Uh, I've loved everything that she's been. And she even she made uh, she made a movie called. It was either called Col- I think it was called Columbia. It was basically Taken, but with Rosario Dawson instead of Liam Neeson, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and it's a pretty good movie. I think it was even, even made by the same director and it's a pretty good movie. I think it's called was, Columbia. It's either Columbia or Columbiana or something like that. It was a Columbiana, I think something like that. Yeah. Makes me think when, I, when you say Columbiana, there's, there's a, there's a town about 50 miles from here called Columbiana. And it makes me think, why would they make, make a movie about that? <laughs> All right. Um, Hey Tom, what have you been watching lately? Uh, nothing new, nothing recent. Um, so I have just recently, and please, you know, I'm almost embarrassed by it, but I've just recently discovered the joys that is the office. Oh yeah. (laughs) So so we're binging through that right now. And we just did a rewatch of, uh, keep in mind, I have, I I do have kids. Uh, we did a rewatch of Phineas and Ferb. So (laughs) I hear that. Yeah. Some of those old cartoons are uh, worth going back and revisiting. What's up, Boz? How's it going? John, I, gotta I, jump. Think, I think I'm going to jump in and beat John's voice. Yeah, he doesn't think it was Rosario Dawson. I just actually looked it up to be sure it was always Saldana in Colombiana and not uh, Rosario Dawson. That's true. Okay. I was about to say, John, I think you're getting your actresses mixed up. Nope, I got mine mixed up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boz says yeah, he's it's sleeping. Like stupid late in England. What yeah, it's like two or three Boz? o'clock in the morning there. I think. <laughs> All right, Virginia, what about you? What have you been watching? Well, I had been um, binge watching Archer in to prepare for their new season coming up in early May. That has been postponed because of everything going on. Um, they actually did. It was it was pretty cute. Um, Aisha Tyler has this charity that she does. Um, and they were raising money for feedingamerica.org 
And so all of the cast of Archer minus like two people um, got together to do a table read to raise money for this charity. And it was really cool. It was an episode I had seen a long time ago. It was even more hilarious watching them do it. Um, They don't know when the new season will be coming out, but I guess we'll see. Um, Shane and I recently finally finished uh, the Avengers Infinity War saga. Uh, We had started watching, I think, late last year. I don't remember. Neither one of us had seen any of the MCU movies at all. So um, we were slowly but surely making our way through them. And then quarantine happened and we like zoomed through like the last five or six. Yeah. So um, we watched uh, Infinity War. And then I think I had messaged all of you like, can we just skip straight to Endgame? Because I have to know what happened. (laughs) No, we have to watch Captain Marvel and Ant-Man and the Wasp. I was actually glad that the um, that they did the Ant-Man thing the way they did because it was like we had watched some of those movies so long ago I was like oh yeah he's talking about this thing I remember that happened now so it was like a good like reminder character you know yeah um, but other than that it's just just watching um, oh we also did start watching the X-Men movies I had seen the first two X-Men movies but nothing after that and we just finished first class last so weekend. You watched the good ones. The- no, first, <laughs> first class is a good one, but I yeah, was, was going to say good. I was going to say you, you watched the first two, and then you oh, well, I was like X Men three wasn't great. It wasn't oh. bad. It wasn't Wait, terrible. Oh, three, yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was bad. The new ones, none of them are bad. It just uh, Apocalypse was just kind of Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, well, okay, no, the last um, one was pretty. pretty <laughs> one other thing that. Um, I would say it's maybe watch it with like PG 13. So maybe if you have older kids, it's called um, nailed it on Netflix. And it's basically like you see the nice, pretty cakes on Pinterest. And then like your sister tries to make them and they're just like a pile of grossness. Yeah. It's that kind of show and it's hilarious and everything about it is so good natured and I love watching it. And there's like four seasons on Netflix right now. Yeah, we've watched watch some of that. That's pretty good. And there's also a there's also a Lego show that's been coming on Fox that I've seen a couple of episodes of that are pretty that's pretty good. And that's someone that was on Nailed It. Uh, she was a, a grad student and I was an undergrad uh, in college and uh, we've stayed in touch over the years. She's a, her name's Beverly. I don't know what season she was on or anything, but I think she said she was doing it. She was on the show. Boz says he's watching the MCU movies too. Have you watched, uh, you said you skipped the Spider-Man movies though, right? Yeah, we couldn't find the spider. We didn't, haven't watched Spider-Man homecoming or far from home because we couldn't find them streaming anywhere. So, um, I mean, streaming on, on things we already get like Netflix and Hulu. We may rent them like from Amazon at some point, but at that point we were just like, Get, get through all of them. We need yeah. to find out what happens. I'm looking on. I'm looking on Just Watch to see where they're where they're streaming, if they're streaming anywhere right now. Because sometimes stuff will be sh- streaming on some service like Crackle or something like that that you haven't that you don't check very often. Let's see, Spider Man. John says his daughter is nine and she loves that show. I assume she's ta- he's talking about Nailed It, but I'm yeah, not I think sure. I think so. Okay, so Spider Man Far From Home right now is streaming on Stars, but you can. 
Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, you can rent it on YouTube for fourteen ninety nine. I don't know. If you uh, want to do I don't that. want to see it that bad. Yeah. It's uh, AMC on demand. You can see it for six bucks. I don't know. But anyway, it's it's got a it's a pretty good epilogue to Endgame because it it picks up about six months after Endgame. So I like Tom that. Holland's my favorite Spider-Man to date. All the libraries are closed, John. He said you can probably get far from. Yeah, from <laughs> yeah. Sorry, City of Austin libraries are all closed. Having dry skin is a struggle. What was that? Uh, is that? This is this is this is one of the. One of the uh, worst aspects of the the app that I use to turn my phone into my camera. Oh, so it's playing an ad. <laughs> and it, you know, an ad will pop up, and it'll be just you know a static image ad on the screen, and you close it out. But then, like you know, every say sixth uh, pop up ad, it has audio, which is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Why would now you do I'm that? Self conscious about my dry skin. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but boss says bloody Disney. Yeah, that's the thing about those two Spider-Man movies is that they're not Disney movies; they're Sony movies. So a oh, lot yeah. of the other Marvel movies you can either find on Netflix or you can find them on Disney Plus, and eventually they'll all be on Disney Plus. But right, but but Spider-Man is Sony, so it's not going to be on Disney Plus. It, it doesn't necessarily uh, have to follow all the rest of the Disney movies wherever they go. Yeah, yeah. John is saying no digital movies like audiobooks. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. I'll have to check and see if they have something like, is it Overdrive or Libby that you use for books and then probably a different service for, for movies. I would imagine the licensing on that would be a nightmare. Yeah, I would imagine. I, I, bet, you, I bet you can get some older movies like that, but I don't know about Spider-Man. But, yeah. hmm. um, Rick, what have you been watching? I'm catching up to the rest of the world. We finally subscribed to HBO because uh, we realized that there are three shows, well, two shows that there's, there's a show I want to watch, there's a show my wife and I want to watch, and there's a third show I want to dip my toe into. So we finally decided, you know, we got our stimulus <laughs> checks, so what the hell? <laughs> Lucky I haven't got mine yet. And subscribe to, to HBO. Because, you know, the, the, this, you know, like, we don't mind paying another, you know, six or eight bucks a month for, you know, like, you know, I pay 10 bucks. Exactly. Westworld. I pay 10 bucks a month for, for CBS all access. Cause I think star Trek is worth it. There's nothing else on CBS that I watch, but for me, star Trek is worth whatever. <laughs> um, no, I'm not going to watch any more game of Thrones. I thought for sure. That's what you were going to say. Sorry. <laughs> um, but last night I, I watched three episodes of Westworld and finally at quarter to two in the morning, I was like, I've got to go to bed. My wife's going to be up in 15 minutes to get ready for work. Um, we watched the, and, and I'm, I'm loving it as much as, as before. Um, I, you know, okay. This is, this is a little bit of delicate territory, but I noticed something that I want to point out when you hear like people who get all bent out of shape about nudity, in any context and they just immediately equate nudity with sex and if you've seen Westworld you know that there are naked people all over the place but except for very rare situations in the show it is not in any way titillating if anything it's uncomfortable because it's just you know the robots being forced to be naked but they're, they're people so they're not you know whatever um, Evan Rachel Wood who is the lead you know, the lead person in the movie, in the, in the show is, you know, gorgeous, but 
you know, she spent a lot of time in the first season naked, so it's not like we haven't seen her naked. I think she is far more attractive in this season in the in the 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 you know the kind of spy outfit she's been. Have y'all seen it? Have y'all been watching it at all? I have not seen any of the new season. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've only seen the first. <clears throat> oh wow, dude! You gotta watch the show. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. There's um, so many things to watch, and I I did find myself uh, bumping up against the fact that it's while incredibly well made and well written, it's very dense. It is. It's a it lot is. of work for me to understand what's going on more than I'm used to. I may be too lazy for the show. <laughs> yeah, it's not something you can just have on in the background while you're doing something up, something else. Um, but anyway, uh, she is, you know, in, in this season, she is fully dressed and, you know, wearing very, you know, in, in the first season, she was like a, 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 it was Westworld. She was a kind of a school marm type character. And she always wore these like, you know, shapeless dresses and stuff. And and, uh, and now she's like in this high high stakes kind of spy outfit sort of thing. And it's just, she is, I didn't realize how stunning she was. And it just, uh, Bill Tice, who was the, the costume designer for Star Trek, the original series, um, used to say that it is far sexier to show someone in something that looks like it's going to fall off any second than it is to have somebody like naked on screen. Mm-hmm. Not that they were doing naked people in 1963, but you know, that, that's, you know, that, that's the, the concept. And, this really shows she's far more alluring and, and, and an amazing actor. So I'm not, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, she does have a pointy chin. Um, uh, you know, she's a great actor too. I think she, she's doing a fantastic job. I'm just talking just the visual is, I just find it an interesting psychological thing that, you know, we've seen her naked. I mean, you know, I know what she looks like naked and I think she's far sexier in the in the in the you know the skin tight spy stuff she's wearing now that, 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 that. <laughs> um uh also you know we watched the first episode of watchmen um this one oh. my wife and i are watching together so that's going a little more slowly because we've got to we, we've got to watch it find the time when we're both together both awake and the kids are asleep because this is not a show you watch when the kids are around neither is westworld either but i watched that at, you know, i started watching it at 11 o'clock last night um uh, when you get, let is, me know when you get done with it because we need to do an episode up just about that. About Watchmen, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll go back and rewatch the whole season just to get ready for that episode <laughs> because this show is incredible. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. How many episodes is it? Ten, we haven't started it yet. Ten. Yeah. Um, no, I'm sorry. Nine. Nine. Nine episodes. Yeah. Sounds right. There, there is on on YouTube. There is a a channel called the Show Must Go On, and Andrew Lloyd Webber has, uh, for the duration of the quarantine, has been releasing one of his shows, one of his plays, uh, each week, and we only just found out about this last week, so we missed uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat and. I think kind of bum me out because I, I love Joseph and I've never seen a, a fully pro- professional production of it. Um, but another show that is a lot of people are surprised that I've never seen it given my line of work is I've never seen Phantom of the Opera. And last Friday, they they ran Phantom of the Opera. Now, it's one of my wife's favorite shows. Um, 
a little known fact about being in the theater, and Scott, you can probably attest to this, when you are a working theater person, you generally don't have time to go see theater. Usually when shows are happening, you're working. So yeah. there's a you lot can't of shows. Go, you can't go and see shows because you're in shows. Exactly, yeah. <clears throat> so I've never seen Phantom. Uh, and it's almost always been my experience that when I finally do get to see a big popular, uh, you know, major show, I find it underwhelming at best. So, like, back in 1997, I chaperoned a trip to New York City uh, from the college I was I was working at, and we thought we had tickets to see Phantom. We talked to the, the nighttime concierge at the hotel where we were staying, and he said, oh yeah, got your tickets. So, like, six of us left the tour the group was on early to get back to the hotel the next day to get ready. And we go down to the lobby and the concierge on duty at that time was like, Oh no, he told you you had tickets. No, no, no. We said, he said, you might have be able to get tickets. We couldn't get into phantom here. We got your tickets to cats. And we were all like, (laughs) (laughs) um, so I've never seen the show and I just kind of, I, in my mind, I had kind of sour grapes. Did it was like, oh, it's you know, it's Andrew Lloyd Webber. It's probably just all flash and nonsense anyway. <laughs> um, so what they aired last week was a uh, a sh- it was a, a video of the stage play. This was not the movie. I saw that, and that was a nightmare. Now. Um, this was a, a video of the 25th anniversary show they did back in 2011. Um. And it was actually, uh, they edited together three different performances into one video. Uh, and then afterwards, Andrew Lloyd Webber came out, and then Sarah Brightman and Michael Crawford came out, and then they had four guys who had all played the Phantom over the years, and it was, it was, just, it was just this really cool thing. I was expecting, because I knew my wife wanted to see it, so you know it's her favorite show, so I was like, okay. We'll watch this. And I was really expecting about, you know, half an hour into the show to kind of drift away and get on the computer. Sort of half. I was wrapped. I was mesmerized by this show. I, I, it was incredible. I don't get that into plays. You know, one of the great ironies of my life is I like making theater. I don't particularly like watching it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible audience member because I can rarely get into a show without going wrong that they're doing that oh that's bad oh that's good you know when it's your job it's hard to separate and just enjoy it i was blown away by this show i was in tears at points it was just amazing um now this week they did the sequel love never dies which i've never heard a good word about so we didn't watch it but uh if if you're i'm sorry there's a sequel what phantom of the i didn't know that yes (laughs) yes um, Wait, you've never seen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, you've never seen? Sorry. Love never dies. Um, I'm hoping they do a Vita at some point because I, I, whether you like a Vita or not, I've done like several different productions of it, and it has it has a great deal of sentimental meaning for me. Um, but uh, uh, I mean, you're not chomping at the bit for Starlight Express. You know what? I uh, okay. Back in 1987. I was in a production of Oklahoma that we took to England. And, uh, and, yes, honey? Oh, hang, hang on a second. Night, night, time. And say, and say, hi, everybody. 
Time for Sharon's cameo. <laughs> Hi, Sharon. Oh, wait. Uh, can you turn off the speaker? I can't reach it. The one on the left. Okay. Say hi. Hi. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Good night. Boss says the third one is called One of Our Chandeliers is Missing. <laughs> yes, because I've been leaning up against this. And it's, it's, it's out over here. Um, oh, Starlight. Oh, so I, I, I went on this, this tour to England with the, with the production of Oklahoma. I was in the chorus. I was one of five guys who auditioned just so we could go on the trip. I can sing, but I can't dance. And so neither could any of these other guys. So they would just kind of stuck us in the back, called us the Claude Squad. We just sort of rocked back and forth during the numbers. Um, <laughs> but we got to go to England, and we performed the show in Cornwall, which was amazing. That's a, 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 too, too long of a story to go into. But we spent a week in London before we headed down south to Cornwall. And um, we were trying to decide what shows to go see while we were there. And I was one of the only technicians in, in the, in the show. Uh, and so we had a chance to either see 49, uh, 42nd street or starlight express. And all I had heard about starlight was that it was about train cars and it was vapid as hell. And so nobody wanted to see it. And so we went to see 42nd street and I fell asleep during it. It was terrible. Um, then I got home, and then years later, I managed. I got to see the the, the plans for the set from Forty Seconds from uh, from Starlight, which yeah, the music is meh, and the story is meh, but the set was a technician's dream. <laughs> it was just moving pieces and loose yeah. sight bridges, and just uh, and uh, and so I've I've always regretted not getting not seeing Starlight on the West End. All right. Um, also, uh, watched Galaxy Quest yesterday for the because, and that movie never ever ever gets old. <laughs> uh, did we did we talk about the? the yeah, Galaxy you talked about the documentary uh, yeah, last okay. time. Yeah. Yeah, and so I I've been meaning to, to to rewatch it, and finally I just threw it in yesterday, and there is not a bad second in that film. I love every minute of it, and it's just wonderful. I grabbed Thor's hammer. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it in a few years. I need to watch it again. Scott, what about you? What you been watching? Um, well, uh, just a bit of this and a bit of that. Um, I've been trying to do as much uh, Photoshop work as possible. Um, and another podcast has uh, reached out to me for uh, for for some logo services. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I'm still working on a uh, personal poster project uh, myself, um, and I have just good night, boss. No, and I have uh, just uh, really as of this afternoon. Uh, struck an unofficial, uh, unpaid, but still probably going to be kind of fun deal with um, one of the podcasts on the um, From Superheroes Network. Um, uh, did anyone here uh, on the show or anyone listening live ever heard of the podcast uh, The Villain Was Right? Nope. 
No? No? Okay. Um, it is, uh, again, like I said, it's it's on the From Superheroes uh, network. Um, if anyone has ever seen online the uh, uh, texts from superheroes, and it'll be like a screenshot oh, yeah. of a text conversation. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that. Okay. Um, well, the, the, the group or the company, whatever you want to call it, that started out making those comics, they have done some expanding, and they started doing a podcast. Now they have a network, so they have some other shows on it as well. One of them is The Villain Was Right, where um, the two hosts, Craig and Rebecca, will pick a movie where they think that the villain of the film actually had a stronger point than the protagonist. So they will make their argument for why they think that the villain was in the right while the hero was perhaps, you know, the douchebag. Um, <laughs> Horrible. What, what's that? Dr. Horrible. Uh, yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're kind of doing a, doing a Dr. Horrible take on it. Um, uh, recent episodes include um, uh, Hercules, where they point out the fact that uh, um, Hades, you know, kind of had a point because you know he had been unjustly stuck down in the underworld. So they yeah, yeah. They, they made a case for him. Uh, and their most recent episode, uh, they discussed Flight of the Navigator, where uh, oh, man. Where, where Max the alien was kind of the bad guy because he abducted a child, failed to take the child back to where he belonged. And then when he went drunk driving and, and hit a, a hydro tower and accidentally erased his memory banks, now he has to re-kidnap the kid to download the backups of his uh, maps that he had in the kid's head. And all this time, NASA is trying to figure out what happened to this child. How can we help him? And NASA is portrayed as the villain in the movie because they're trying to catch him when in fact, they're the heroes. They're trying to help. Yeah. Is that the one where they find the tilt-a-whirl car and turn it into a spaceship? No. This is the one where Paul Rubens is the voice of a spaceship. With a very young Sarah Jessica uh, Parker. Parker. Yep. Yeah. I think it's on Disney Plus now, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, that's I have to check that out. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me. I have it on D- I I might not have it on DVD. I might have left that at the house uh, and just gotten a digital copy. I, I have it, either digitally or on disc. Anyway, that was their most recent episode, and they talked about that. And I have struck an unofficial deal with that podcast, um, and I'll be starting to work on that in the next day or two, where um, I asked them if if they can send me a list of the movies they're going to discuss I can try to have posters pre-made for the show where it's going to be essentially the original movie poster for what they're talking about, but I will take out the hero and replace it with the villain. So (laughs) imagine if they designed the poster of flight of the navigator, uh, but the poster portrays NASA as the hero instead of the kid in the alien ship, you know, as an example, the the poster for Disney's Hercules, if they presented Hades as the hero on the on the front of the box, you know yeah. that sort of thing. Hades so, the movie. So I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna see about doing something like that. Um, I was Zur, savior of the universe. <laughs> um, the the next film they're going to discuss is Iron Man Two. So I'm gonna see about putting together an Iron Man poster that has Justin Hammer and uh, Whiplash. 
front and center as the as the heroes. Yeah, so Tony we'll Stark was a that. drunk mess in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as far as uh, other things that I've been, what I haven't really talked about what I've been watching. It's just whatever I happen to put in. I've been doing a, a rewatch of some West Wing. Um, I finished my Enterprise rewatch. Um, I and a couple of just random movies that I've it it. The, the mood struck me, so I decided to, to throw it in. Uh, GoldenEye, I watched recently. Uh, King Ralph, which is always a delight. <laughs> I just saw that a couple weeks ago. Right? Yep. Yeah, King Ralph is good. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Tom, I've got it on my Plex now, if you um, if you want to watch it again. It's, yeah. Uh, it's it's always so much fun. Uh, you forget how, how light and funny it is. And the really fun part is when you realize that you spent most of your younger years having that movie on video cassette, but it was taped off of television, which means it was censored. So then you remember all the jokes from the very first time you saw it, but you haven't seen those jokes since then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and that's really about, Oh, uh, Austin powers, uh, gold member. I watched that <laughs> never saw that one. It, by you shag me. That's, the one, that's, that's the one with, with Beyonce, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it had Michael Caine in it. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not going to say it's great, but I, I think it's arguably the most quotable of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Oh, John, you got to watch King Ralph. Oh, yeah, King Ralph is great. Um, I've been watching, okay, so I've seen a few things, but I didn't put it, I didn't. I mean, I'm not going to talk about everything I've been watching, but The Hunt. Have any, any of you guys seen The Hunt? No, I've I've um, only seen the like the the trailers and the the talk of it. Yeah, it's, the trailer. It's been, what controversial? I guess you can call it. The trailer is. You can't tell anything about this movie from the trailer, because the tra- I won't I, I won't get into it because it'll spoil. But the trailer is kind of misleading as to what the movie is about, but. It's a really good movie, and it's it's got a lot of over the top violence. If you watched uh, like Kingsman Secret Service, it's got it's maybe that level of violence, but um, but it's really good. Now that's pretty much all I can say about it without spoiling anything. But it, it's a really good movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, the the premise of the movie is that there is these rich elite um people that have uh, kidnapped a bunch of people put them in this it's kind of like hunger games they put them in this area and they're hunting them you know they give them some weapons and they're hunting them you know that's original and yeah yeah oh they yeah it's been done before but i mean the way that this one does it is it's really good it's really good i like it um i also watched red dwarf the promised land i keep forgetting about that i need to watch that I don't know. We've never had a discussion about Red Dwarf like in depth on the show, but we may need to do an episode about Red Dwarf at some point. Yeah. Um, over the past few years, they've brought the show back and done a season of like ten episodes a couple of times. And but this year, instead of doing a whole season, they just did a movie. And I know I, I said something, Rick. I think you and Scott were doing a live stream, and I put up that i watched that recently and you asked if uh, you could enjoy it if you if you're not up to date on the show if you know what the premise of the original show was you can enjoy this because there's not a ton of inside jokes of stuff that they've done over the years it's basically uh they they tell you the premise of the show at the beginning and then they really don't go beyond that so is kachansky in it 
No, they don't even mention her. Okay. Uh, if as the 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 most that you need to know is that at one time Holly was the computer, and then he wasn't the computer anymore, because Holly comes back in the movie, and oh, uh, cool. and that's pretty much it. So, the 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 premise of the movie is that um, you know the cat w- evolved from the cat that uh, Lister had Lister's on the spaceship. Cat. Yeah. Yeah. Well there was a whole civilization of cats. So this is kind of like they find that civilization of cats, you know? Cool. And so, um, yeah, cause they did all leave the ship. Yeah. Yeah. Virginia, Tom, if you guys, if Scott, have you guys ever watched red dwarf? No. Okay. I Red- to I've been hearing about it for years, but I, I, just, I haven't gotten to it. Yeah. Back in the eighties, the mid to late eighties, there was a sitcom on BBC. It's a British sitcom and it's, it's called red dwarf. And it's about a guy that worked for like a mining company in the future. He was on a mining ship called the red dwarf and he was a slacker, you know, and, uh, the, 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 his supervisor was Rimmer and he was a douchebag that, uh, really wasn't qualified to i think he was the the supervisor of fixing soup vending machines and he wasn't even qualified to be doing that yeah (laughs) so um the 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 premise of the story is that lister sneaks a cat onto the ship and he gets in trouble for that and his punishment is that he's put into stasis and he's supposed to be put into stasis until the ship gets back to earth well, while he's in stasis, there's a radiation leak that kills the entire crew. And then um, he's uh, the computer has to leave him in stasis until all of the radiation is gone. So by the time he comes out of stasis, it's been three million years. And uh, the only other people on the ship are a hologram of Rimmer and a life form, a humanoid life form that evolved from the cat. And... Uh, the hijinks ensue and then later on in the series they find an android named Crichton. so it's the basically the series is about the four of them so it's a it's it's a funny show it's a sitcom you know but can i tell you how i how i discovered red dwarf sure the when i was but when i was in the air force i was in tech school in biloxi mississippi and uh one of my co-work or co fellow students uh you know i went from basic training to tech school so uh at at this school we were learning the the electronics that we needed to do our jobs um this guy who was a sergeant who was not straight he was he was already you know he had he had done all that he he was you call it um anyway he was there to get further training Mm -hmm. so he and i uh hit it off and uh and, and a bunch of us and there was a science fiction convention in biloxi while we were there and he was like, we got to go to this, you know? And of course he was, he was, uh, they called it permanent party. No. Anyway, he, he, he had a lot more freedom than we did because <laughs> we were still, we were students. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so he got us into a lot of trouble. It was great. <laughs> but, um, he's like, we got to go to this thing. And I'd never, you know, I'd been to one con in my life, which was a comic book convention 10 years prior where I helped a friend sell his comics. And that was about it. Uh, I'd never been to, uh, you know, really been to a con as an adult. Um, and so, and we were all trying to impress this, this, uh, one woman who that, that never mind. That was a little sordid detail. Anyway. <laughs> um, but 
that night after after the at, after the first day of the con, uh, he was like, "Let's just go wandering around the hotel. People always have like doing stuff in their rooms." And we're like, "Okay, sure." And we walked by this one room, and they had their door. Now this was 1991. So this is right at the beginning of when VCRs were becoming like something that everybody could get. Yeah. Um, you know, long before the internet, long before DVDs. Uh, but this one room had a, you know, they had their, their door open and they had a, you know, a handwritten sign, Red Dwarf in here. I had no idea what that was. And he's like, oh, Red Dwarf, we got to go in and watch. And they were, and, and they were showing the episode Polymorph from season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, if you know that, have any none of y'all have seen Red Dwarf? No, nope. They no, okay. So, so this doesn't mean anything to you, but it's it's the it's the it's an episode where they they kind of spoof uh, Alien, yeah, and it's hilarious. And I I was like, this is great. And then we went, and I totally forgot about it. And then years later, I find it on PBS or something and start watching. I'm like, wait a minute, I know this show. Yeah. And now I've, I've I've seen up through I think season eight. Um, That's pretty much the end of the original run. Yeah. Well, then they then they brought in somebody else. That's why I asked about Kachansky because yeah, you know Kachansky was the girl that that Lister was in love with, and and then they found ways to bring her back every now and then, and she was played by one actress, and then in like season seven or eight they find like a a, a, a dimensional rift, and they bring in. Kachansky from another red dwarf in another dimension where she survived or some stuff, but she, it was a different actress. It wasn't the same, you know, the original yeah. person and, and it just got a little weird. And so I was curious if she was in the, the movie, but yeah, I found it because it was on public TV on Saturday nights. They had a block of British sitcoms. It was like, are you being served faulty towers? Um, keeping up appearances, red dwarf. And then they would show Dr. Who, you know, so mm-hmm. I would watch that stuff. Britcoms, I believe they like. Yeah, the Britcoms. <laughs> and the only the other thing that I've been watching, I've been watching a lot of stand up lately. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Burt Kreischer is. He's got a Netflix special called "Hey Big Boy." They did a Rolling Stone did an article about Burt Kreischer back in the back in the nineties that he was the biggest partier at the biggest party school in the U.S. Oh. And um, that story became the basis of Van Wilder. <laughs> so he's kind of Van Wilder. Uh, and then Tom Segura also has a Netflix special called Ball Hog. And one of the things about the pandemic is that a lot of the comedians, they can't make money off of doing, you know, stand up right now. So they're doing podcasts, which a lot of comedians already have podcasts. But I found that Burt Kreischer has a podcast. Tom Segura has a podcast, and then I found out that Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura have a podcast together. <laughs> you know, so, so that was funny. And then I've I've gone back and watched some of their other stuff that they they've got like three or four specials each on Netflix. And then uh, Mike Berbiglia, he's got some stand up on there. He's funny. Yeah, I've been I've been watching some of his stuff too. So that's. Uh, have you seen any of uh, Liza Schlesinger? I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it before. She's, and she's hilarious. Ellen DeGeneres has got a pretty good special that came out not too long ago it's been within yeah, the last year or so and yeah, like chris that. chris uh delia he's got a new stand-up special too he's pretty funny too um these are all like 
West. I don't know what it is about comics, but it's like there's like a rivalry of the West Coast comics and the East Coast comics. <laughs> but yeah, those are like the West Coast comics, and then like the East Coast comics are like uh, Louis C.K. And, and guys like that, and Chris Rock and Jerry Seinfeld, and guys like that. You know? Not mention him anymore. That, yeah. <laughs> that, Not that's Chris why- Rock, C.K. You, you skip you skip the rivalry and you go to Australia and you watch some, um, um, oh come on the uh, Jim Jeffries watch some Jim Jeffries stand up. Yeah, I've seen him before. I've seen him before. Yeah, um, I'm not a I'm I'm not somebody that like knows a ton about uh, stand up comics, but I do like to watch it now and then. So when I find a comic that I think is funny, then I just go back and watch all their stuff. And then what I find out is they repeat a lot of their jokes. <laughs> you know, if they got three stand-up specials, chances are they've probably repeated a couple of those jokes at, at one time or another. So, Well, you know what? There there was a guy. He, he may even still be touring. I don't know. He may be dead by now. Um, there's a dude by the name of Malzy Lawrence that uh, is a borscht belt comedian. Uh, if you're familiar with that term. Uh, the the Borscht Belt is up in New England, New York, and Pennsylvania, and stuff like that. And they're mm-hmm. all, yeah. Um, uh, you know, they 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 they're, they're the generation before mine that that like these comedians. And working in South Florida as I did, I had to work a lot of these guys' shows. And this dude, Malzy Lawrence, I've done his. I've worked his show at like three different theaters over the course of a decade and it's the same goddamn show every single time (laughs) (laughs) yeah and the audiences who are all like octogenarians love it it it's like listening to the greatest hits of your favorite of your favorite band they don't care that he's telling the same jokes he's been telling for 25 years or 40 years however long yeah they go they just eat it up and he and he gets standing ovations every time he does it and it just blows me away. It just because, like, it, it, you know, like you said, I love to I love to watch stand up, but like you'll watch somebody stand up and then you'll see, oh, they're on the Tonight Show tonight or on the Late Late Show or whatever, and they're sitting there and they're doing their routine as yeah. instead of a conversation. And you're like, well, I just saw you say that, you know, or vice versa. You see them on the Tonight Show, you watch their stand up, and it's the same thing. Um, and it drives, I hate it when they do that because I want to hear new stuff. And then you go and you see, you know, a lot of people, they want familiar. They want what they know is going to, is going to happen. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's, I've never understood that, but it happens. Yeah. And there's, there's differences in the, the, the different kinds of stand up. Like I, I like stand up where it's just a guy up there with a microphone, maybe a stool, you know, usually a stool and a bottle and a bottle of water sitting on the stool or something like that, you know, and he just tells jokes for an hour. And then you've got like, um, you know, Steve Martin and um, Martin Short did a a show a while back. It was a lot of fun. It's not really a stand up show. You know, it's yeah. it's a, it's just a show. It's a comedy show, but it's not oh, really so two of them making stand-up. fun of each other for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. It was really good. I enjoyed it, but it's not stand up comedy. It's it's just a, it's a comedy show. You know, well, it, it, but, we'll call it a comedy plus show. Yeah, because you know, just out of nowhere, in the middle of all the funny, and Steve Martin's going to do a song on the banjo with yeah. uh, with a, a bunch of guys behind him. Which is which okay, is awesome. Question. Mm-hmm. Does he actually play the banjo? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's okay. been playing it for he, years. Yeah. He's, 
we've been going around on YouTube and there was a video of Kermit the Frog and Steve Martin doing dueling banjo. And I'm like, it looks like he's really playing that banjo. He is a master at the banjo. Steve Steve Martin has built himself into a world-class banjo player. Wow, that's impressive. He showed up on an episode of American Idol one time playing banjo, (laughs) uh, playing backup for somebody that was doing a country song or something, he was playing the banjo. And then at the end of it, like Ryan Seacrest went to ask uh, Steve Martin a, a question about Steve Martin or whatever. He was like, I'm just here to play the banjo. <laughs> <You know? laughs> what, what you just said, Tom, world-class banjo. I, it, I, I, kind of, no. And, and I've had the same exact response. I was like, banjo, Jesus, who, you know, and then look him up. He, you know, try to. There are plenty of YouTube videos of him playing. It's incredible. You, 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 did you ever see Roy Clark play? Roy oh Clark yeah. Play guitar? Oh yeah. I grew no, up I watching. You, you know who Roy Clark is? Mm, sounds familiar. But E-haw. Kids. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Roy Clark was a magician with a guitar. You know. Um, oh, who? Who? Anyway. You think you know? Okay, somebody can play the guitar. You're like, okay, here comes here comes another guitar solo, and then he just like he he's like you think of him as just sort of this big dumb hick from from uh, the the hee haw the country show, and then he just starts doing some like amazing Spanish guitar stuff that's just like you know he's got uh, eighteen fingers on each hand all going at warp speed, and he's just he's just playing. Steve Martin's like that. You think, oh, here comes a banjo player, and then by the end of it, you're like. I had no idea the banjo could sound like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. just incredible. It's, it's like I saw Weird Al Yankovic in concert back in the 90s. And uh, the first like four songs, it was just him singing with his band behind him. And then he goes off stage and he comes back out with the accordion. And we're all on our feet screaming. And in the back of my head, I'm like, there is only one man on earth that will ever get me on my feet screaming because he picked up an accordion. <laughs> And that's Weird Al. And with Steve Martin, it's that it's that with the banjo. I you know it's easy to go you know oh banjo, heck with that. But do yourself a favor and look it up. He's amazing on that. Thing. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Uh, everybody, if you're watching on uh, Facebook Live, stay tuned. We're gonna do another show here in a few minutes. But until then, Virginia, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, you want to plug anything? Um, right now the, the podcast that my boyfriend Shane and I do is kind of on a hiatus. So until, uh, we have a decision on that, you can find me here on cosmic potato podcast network, or you can follow me on Twitter at Virginia in Texas. All right. And Tom, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you. You have anything you want to plug? Uh, no, just whatever any of you people will have me on. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Scott. Um, well, I can't have you on my show because you already did it. So. I did. Um, uh, Prime Direction right here on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. Uh, season three premiere has been recorded, waiting on editing. So that should be coming out uh, hopefully uh, very early May. Uh, stay tuned for updates on Twitter at, uh, at Prime Direct Pod. Um, and if you want to keep up to date on any of my, uh, graphic artwork, you can find me on Twitter at planet rise or go to the website, www.planetrisecreative.com. You guys should do a show together like a regular show. 
We can't. Did did we talk about, it or were you just pitching ideas for other people to do shows? For, no, for the two of you, you should do a show together. No, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm talking it, to you. I'm talking. Mad- to you. Call it Madison's or something like that. There, there's there's no way to make it clear that I'm looking at my brother on the screen when I oh. when I say so. You, Tom, Tom, you, yeah. you, uh, you one. Were you pitching ideas for the two? For by the way, are you all even in the same state? Um, oh, oh, like distance wise, about uh, what three hours? Yeah, three hours. We're on opposite sides of the state. Oh, okay. So. All right, Rick, what about you? Uh, go to starbasecommand.net if you want to see the shows that I'm involved with. Uh, we have Open the Iris, which is our Stargate SG1 rewatch podcast. We're getting close to the end of season four, I think. Um, what else do I do? Starbase 66, we just released our first episode of a seven episode series. Uh, retrospective of Star Trek Voyager because this is their 25th anniversary year. Uh, we just released our season one talk. Uh, there will be six more to go. Um, analyzing Doctor Who, <laughs> which is uh, analyzing Doctor Who uh, and uh, um, Infinite Diversity, where I interview folks. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, also uh, you can find me occasionally on Captain Game Show and. And this particular show here and Star Trek All Access when Star Trek stuff is happening and uh, yeah I don't sleep much <laughs> <laughs> alright if you want to get in touch with us uh, then stay tuned we'll give you uh, the, all the info that you need in just a minute be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato the Super Fan Talk Podcast when you might hear John say something something just never got around to it, apparently. Yeah. My laptop needs to be charged. Yeah. <laughs> be sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter or send us a voicemail or text message to 205-642-8380. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for joining us for Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast. <laughs>